0: We present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Garda Stevenson as Steve in Paul Temple and Steve, a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge. Episode six, Steve's Intuition. Paul Temple is visited by Sir Graham Forbes of Scotland Yard and by a Mr. Philip Kaufman who is attached to the special branch. Kaufman tells Temple about a notorious criminal known as Dr. Belasco. Temple promises to try and discover the identity of Belasco and during the course of investigations makes the acquaintance of Henry Worth, David Nelson, Mrs. Forrester, Joseph, a servant of Mrs. Forrester, and a certain Mr. Ed Bellamy. Late one night, Temple and Steve, together with Sir Graham Forbes, visit Camberley Lodge, which is a large country house owned by Mrs. Forrester. Sir Graham remains in the car, whilst Temple and Steve proceed towards the house on foot.
1: Paul, what is it?
0: That isn't an owl, Steve. I'm
2: sure it isn't. What? Don't you hear it? No. Darling, listen. What was that? Now do you hear it?
1: Yes. What is it? Paul, what is it?
2: I don't know. Come on, Steve. Let's go up to the house. The door's open.
1: Yes, but don't go in without. Listen. Did you hear it? Yes. Where's it coming from? I
3: don't know,
2: but it's certainly not coming from the house.
1: It sounds to me as if it's coming from over the other side, near those bushes. Mm. What are you doing?
2: I'm just looking at the step, darling.
1: It's blood. Yes. Paul, what do you think's happened? Shh, shh. Someone coming. Who is it?
4: Who is it, Joseph?
2: Hello? Who is that? Good evening, Mrs. Forrester.
4: Why, it's Mr. Temple. Well, this is a surprise. What on earth are you doing down here?
2: I came down to see a friend of mine, or rather an acquaintance. A Mr. Bennett. Bennett? Yes, he's staying at the Cromwell Heart. Quite by chance, I heard that you've got a house down here, so... Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, this is my wife.
4: Oh, how do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, weren't you in the cafe this afternoon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no doubt that's how you discovered that. Mrs. Forrester. Yes, what is it, Joseph?
2: The door, madam.
4: And what about that... Why, well, it's open. Did you open the door, Mr. Temple?
2: No. But,
4: Joseph, what is it? Look at the step. Look, there's blood on it. How long have you been here?
2: About two minutes.
4: Was the door open when you arrived?
2: I've already told you I didn't open the door, Mrs. Forrester. But,
4: no, I don't understand. I'm quite sure that we didn't leave the door open, and yet... Joseph, go into the house and see that everything's all right.
2: Aren't there any other servants in the house?
4: No. Apart from Joseph, I only employ a man and his wife and a girl of 16, and they're spending the evening at Willsborough. They won't be back until much later. Go along, Joseph.
2: Uh, would you like me to come with you? Well, if you wouldn't mind, sir. Okay. Come along. Uh, we shan't be long.
4: This is all rather bewildering. Have you been away from the house for long? What do you mean? Oh, I see. Uh, about half an hour, I should say. We walked down to a cottage of mine. It's about half a mile from the main gate. Oh, yes, I believe I noticed it. It's a rather pretty little cottage with a thatched roof. That's right. Hmm. It's occupied by an old man called Bert Travers. He used to work on the estate, oh, uh, donkeys years ago when my father owned the place. After you left him, you came straight back here. Why, yes, of course. That must have been about ten or fifteen minutes ago. Well, possibly a little longer. I suppose Mr. Travis could verify that. Of course he could verify it if you consider it necessary, Mrs. Temple. I've got a feeling that it may be necessary, Mrs. Forrester. What do you mean? Mrs. Forrester. What's happened? There's someone in the shrubbery.
2: Mr. Temple drew back the curtains in the lounge and we could see him. Paul? There's someone at the back of the house. It rather looks as if the poor devil's been knocked out.
1: That must have been the noise we heard. He must have been trying to shout for help.
2: Mr. Temple, this blood on the step. Yes, Joseph? Well, it looks as if whoever was hurt must have been taken through the front door and out of the house.
4: But that's impossible. Quite impossible.
2: Why is it impossible? Well, did you take anyone out of the house tonight, Mrs. Forrester?
4: No, of course we didn't. Did we, Joseph?
2: Why, no, madam. All right. Come along, Joseph. Let's go round to the back of the house. And Steve, stay with Mrs. Forrester, please. The window is over on the left, sir. Where? Oh, yes, I see. Well, we want to be a little more this way, I think. Yes, sir. There's a hedge to solve on the right. Uh, mind your face on that branch, sir look look sir yes i see him oh horrible oh lord what's happened to him obviously he's been beaten up by someone and then apparently dragged here is he dead yes who is he sir do you know his name's braddock I still maintain, Sir Graham, that until you find Abel Dunn, or the lorry for that matter, you can't possibly justify that
5: statement. Don't let's confuse the issue, Temple. I sent Braddock down to Greenchurch because I was under the impression that Dunn had taken the lorry there and was going to contact Belasco. Now Braddock must have discovered something, something of supreme importance.
2: Otherwise he wouldn't have been murdered.
5: Exactly. And what do you think he discovered? Isn't it obvious? he discovered that Mrs. Forrester was Dr. Belasco.
2: But you've had your men down there for two days. You've been over the district with a tooth comb, and you still haven't found any sign of the lorry or the elusive Mr. Dunn.
5: Nevertheless, I still think the lorry's down
0: there. Mm. What do you think, Calvin? I'm still suspicious of our friend Mr. Worth, but at the moment, I must confess, I'm strongly inclined to agree with Sir Graham. After all, this isn't one of your detective novels. What do you mean? Well... Just because Mrs. Forrester appears to be so obviously guilty, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's innocent.
2: In other words, you agree with Sir Graham?
5: I do. Well, whether you agree or not, I've taken the necessary steps. What steps? I've sent Penny down to Greenchurch. He went down first thing this morning. I've arrested Mrs. Forrester for the murder of Norman Braddock. For the murder of Braddock? Oh, good heavens, Temple. You're not going to tell me she didn't murder
0: Braddock. She murdered Braddock. I'm certain of that. What makes you so certain, Mr. Kaufman? <laughs> But it is so obvious. I agree. Look, as soon as he arrives at Greenchurch, Braddock discovers that Mrs. Forrester is living in the district. He makes discreet inquiries, and then one day, the day after you and Sir Graham decide to go down there, he suddenly decides to visit the house. What do you call it? Camberley Lodge. He is discovered searching the house, presumably by Mrs. Forrester and Joseph. He is beaten up.
2: By Mrs. Forrester?
0: Well, by the two of them, Then, when it is dark, they take him outside and dump him in the shrubbery. It's my contention that they were actually doing this when you and Mrs. Temple arrived at the house. Hmm. But don't you see? It fits together. It fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. For instance, when you and Mrs. Temple arrived at the house, the door was open. Now, if Mrs. Forrester and Joseph were just at the back of the house, as I suspect, then they'd leave the door open. It would be more or less a natural thing to do? Yes, but just a minute, Kaufman. We checked the alibi. They really did visit the cottage. Maybe so, but
2: that doesn't necessarily prove anything. Well, I've got an alternative theory. And incidentally, one which I've expounded before, Sir Graham, under rather similar circumstances. The Rayburn case? Yes. Now... Supposing Braddock was murdered not by Mrs. Forrester or Joseph, but by someone else. Someone who wanted to throw suspicion, or shall we say, continue to throw suspicion, onto Mrs. Forrester. I'm listening. And supposing that person deliberately took Braddock down to Camberley Lodge. Go on. When they arrived at the house, it was empty, Mrs. Forrester and Joseph being at the cottage. Well? Well, supposing that person opened the front door with a pass key and
0: dumped Braddock in the hall. But he wasn't found in the hall He was found in the shrubbery. Of course he was. What do you mean? I mean that when Braddock was left at Camberley
2: Lodge, he wasn't dead. He got up, opened the front door, instinctively left it open, and then staggered out onto the drive. It was getting dark. The poor devil was frightened.
0: He made his way round to the back of the house and collapsed in the shrubbery. And you expect us to believe, Mr. Temple, that the person that murdered Braddock... Dr. Belasco. Dr. Belasco... You expect us to believe that Dr. Belasco, by sheer coincidence, had a passkey to Mrs. Forrester's house? (laughs) That's stretching the imagination too far, my friend. No. It was Mrs. Forrester, assisted by Joseph, who murdered Braddock. I'm absolutely certain of that.
2: Well, I'm delighted to hear you say so, Kaufman. There's nothing I like better than to hear a man say he's absolutely convinced about something. So Mrs. Forrester, aided and abetted by the amiable Joseph, murders Braddock, and, instead of taking him for a nice long ride, dumps him, more or less, on her own front doorstep.
5: What is it, Sergeant? I beg your pardon, sir, but uh, Mr. Bellamy's called, sir. He'd rather like a word with Mr. Temple. Bellamy? Yes, sir. Uh,
0: Mr. Ed Bellamy. Isn't that the man at the Machicho Club? Yes.
5: Have you any idea what he wants, Temple? I haven't the slightest idea. Hmm. Ask him in, Sergeant. Very good, sir. Bellamy? Oh, yes, of course. The car accident. Steve and David Nelson. Mr. Bellamy, sir. Come in, Mr. Bellamy.
6: Oh, thanks.
2: Uh, Hello, Temple. Hello, Bellamy. What can I do for
5: you?
6: Well, I telephoned your flat, and your wife told me that you were at Scotland Yard, so, well, I guess that kind of sort of made up my mind for me. What do you mean? I've been trying to make up my mind to come see you for the last... 12 hours, Sir Graham, but... Well... You thought you'd compromise by seeing me? Yeah, that's just about it. What did you want to see Mr. Temple about? Well... N- n- now, look, let's get this straight. I don't like a guy who goes around shooting his mouth. There are times when... Well... kind of pays to talk first and think afterwards. What's on your mind, Mr. Bellamy? Uh, may I sit down? Uh, yes, of course. Last night... At about a quarter past eight. I was... Sorry, just a moment. Who is
5: this?
0: My name is Kaufman.
6: Mr. Kaufman is attached to the special branch. Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. You came to the club one night, about three weeks ago. Did I? Sure. You danced with a tall, blonde, rather good-looking girl. You appear to have an excellent memory, Mr. Burnley. <laughs> me. I get by. You were saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, Last night, somewhere around about quarter past eight, I was in the club, strolling around, saying hello to the folks, having a few drinks. You know how it is. And suddenly, one of the waiters came up to me. Excuse me, Mr. Bellamy. Yes,
3: Andrews, what is it? Are you expecting anyone, sir? Expecting anyone? What do you mean? Uh, There's a young gentleman, sir. He he went upstairs into your office a few moments ago. Into my office? Yes, sir. (laughs) You must be mistaken No, sir I watch him most particularly He walked up the stairs Straight into the office Do you know Inspector Perry? It was no Inspector Perry, sir You're sure? I'm quite sure, sir
6: Yes Okay, Andrews Thank you, sir I don't know whether you know it or not, brother. That's my desk you're sitting at. It's
7: an extremely nice desk, Mr. Bellamy. You are a man after my own heart. What do you mean? I am referring to your impeccable taste. This office, for instance. What's the matter with it? There is nothing the matter with it. Always providing, of course, that you like this sort of thing. Listen, brother. When I go in for small talk, it's usually with dames.
6: Now, what's this all about? Your partner in this business... The late
7: mister... I've got no partner. I've never had a partner. I am referring to the late Mr. Harry Marks. (laughs) Marks invested
6: 12,000 pounds in this place. But that didn't make him a partner.
7: No? No. You surprise me, Mr. Bellamy. I'm thinking you'll get a lot more surprises before we're through. (laughs) However, shall we continue? Your partner, your associate, the late Mr. Harry Marks... ...entered into negotiations with a certain Dr. Belasco. Dr. Belasco? Yes. What sort of negotiations? It was agreed that Marx, or or rather you, or... ...shall we say the Machicha Club... You say what you like, but get to the point. It was agreed that the Machicha Club would purchase certain commodities from Dr. Belasco. Commodities which could not be readily obtained in the legitimate market. What are you selling? At the moment... Cigarettes. (laughs) Cigarettes.
6: <laughs> Cigarettes? Well the Say. I read about that. Seventeen thousand pounds worth, huh? This guy
7: Belasco's got plenty of nerve. Mr. Bellamy. Yes. Takes this piece of paper. What is it? Take it.
6: Kennington Cottage, Ryford, Kent.
7: What is this? You are requested to bring nine hundred pounds in cash? To that address tomorrow night. Be there by ten o'clock. Certainly not later than ten fifteen. Do you understand? Nine hundred pounds? You crazy. Arrangements will be made for the delivery of the cigarettes as soon as. Now just a minute. You listen to me, my fancy friend.
6: You tell this doctor, Doctor Livingstone, or whatever the hell they call the guy, that I give the orders around here. Harry Marks or nobody else was in a position to negotiate a deal without my consent, when I want cigarettes or whiskey or any other goddamn thing, I know where to get it without contacting Dr. Belasco. Mr. Bellamy.
7: Yeah. No doubt you heard about the Silver Club. Of course I heard. It was in
6: the papers. They had a fire and the whole place was burned down to... A most regrettable incident. Are you threatening me, Mr... Worth? Henry Wirth. Are you threatening me, Mr. Worth? Because, by heck, if you are... I
7: am purely suggesting that you do precisely as you are told. 900 pounds. 10 o'clock tomorrow night. The address is on the piece of paper, Mr. Bellamy.
6: Well, I didn't quite know what to do about it. Then suddenly it occurred to me that the most sensible thing to do was to go along and have a chat with Mr. Temple. Surely the most obvious thing to do was to come straight to Scotland Yard. Well, I never do the most obvious thing, Mr. Kaufman, on principle. Have we the piece of paper he gave you? Here it is. It won't tell you much, I'm afraid. It's typed. Kennington Cottage, Ryford,
5: Kent. Hmm.
2: Bellamy, you say that Worth was very self-possessed, extremely sure of himself, in fact. Extremely? Did he give you the impression that he himself was Dr. Belasco?
6: I don't know. No. No, I don't think he did. As a matter of fact, I don't quite know why, but I rather got the impression that Dr. Belasco was a woman. What gave you that impression? I don't know. You know how it is. A person talks. They say something in a particular way. They make a certain kind of gesture. Well, it it isn't so much what they say as how they say it. I know what you mean. And I think you're right, Bellamy. I think Dr. Belasco is a
5: woman, and I think that woman is Mrs. Forrester. Mrs. Forrester? yes mr bellamy yes
2: supposing i suggested that worth deliberately went out of his way to convey the impression that dr belasco was a woman how would that strike
6: you well it seems to me that if that was at the back of his mind he'd have played it up a bit more you know what i mean subtle but mysterious references to the little lady behind the scenes mm, don't you think that would have been a little too obvious well maybe maybe you haven't said anything to anyone else about this not a word Right, Bellamy.
5: We'll pick you up tonight at the club shortly after eight o'clock, and I advise you... What do you
6: mean, pick me up? You want me to keep that appointment, is that it? That's it, Mr. Bellamy. But surely... Why, hello, Perry.
3: Good morning, Sir Graham.
6: You've been quick, Perry.
5: I never dreamt that...
0: What is it? Is something the matter?
3: Yes.
5: Well, what is it? Speak up, man.
3: Mrs. Forrester and Joseph left Greenchurch by car shortly after seven o'clock this morning. Just outside Mainstone... The car skidded and... And what? Joseph escaped with a mere shaking. It was nothing short of a miracle.
5: And Mrs. Forrester?
3: Mrs. Forrester is dead.
5: Dead? (laughs) But this is ridiculous. Who identified the body?
3: I did, Sir Graham.
6: what a night simply
2: teeming down can you see all right inspector it's not it's not too bad did
6: you check up on this place yes we checked up on it well how far is it it's about four miles the other side of Staplehurst. well the sooner we get there the better nervous mr bellamy nervous like a jelly in a high wind (laughs) there's no need to be nervous just play the whole thing perfectly straight i don't know I don't trust these guys.
2: All you've got to do is to deliver the money and convey the impression that you intend to do exactly as you're told.
6: I'm not very good at conveying that sort of impression. Don't worry. You'll get by, all right?
3: We're coming into Staplehurst, sir.
6: Yes. You'd better take
5: over, Bellamy, when we get through Staplehurst. Yes, okay.
3: (laughs) This is what I call real movie weather. What do you mean? Well, when it rains in the pictures, it's usually like this. It never rains, but it
6: pours. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Graham? Yes? You don't think that, now that Mrs. Forrester is dead, we're on a wild goose chase?
5: No, I don't. I'm convinced that Mrs. Forrester was Dr. Belasco. But I'm equally convinced that someone will turn up at the cottage. And I've got a shrewd idea that that... What is it, Perry?
3: I think we turn here, sir.
6: Yes, there's the signpost. You turn to the left.
3: Ah, yes, I see.
6: Slow down, Inspector. Uh, you'd better take over now, Bellamy. Yes, okay.
3: Shall I stay in the front of the car, sir?
5: No. you better sit at the back with us, Perry. And keep well down, just in case they planted a lookout on one of the roads. Here we are, Sir Graham. There's someone there. There's a light in the cottage. Yes. Now, you know what to do, Bellamy. Just keep your nerve and play the whole thing perfectly straight.
2: Don't be too easygoing or they'll be suspicious. Be tough, but, well, give in. Okay. I'll do the best I can. I shouldn't forget the briefcase, Mr. Bellamy. What? Oh, gee,
6: I mustn't forget that. Good luck. Thanks. Can you see him? Yes
3: He's Nearly at the cottage I'll get out and wipe the windscreen and then we'll be at us No, don't get out of the car, Penny Just in case there's anyone watching (gasps) Where the devil did that come from? Came from the cottage Yes Bellamy must have heard it and Yes, look, he's running up to the cottage Hello He's looking through the window What's he doing? He's waving to us I don't think
2: he is Yes, he is, sir Yes, he is he must have seen something through the window. Uh, he's waving again. He wants us to go over there. He's gone into the cottage. Get in the front, Inspector. Quick, start the car. Let's get over there.
6: There's Bellamy, coming out of the cottage. What happened, Bellamy? Did you hear that shot? Yes i was about 20 yards from the cottage when i heard it i realized that it had come from the cottage and i
2: you ran over to the window yes we saw you
6: there's a man i don't know who he is he's been shot he's in the kitchen come along
3: sir graham a watch a wallet identification card uh-huh it's the laddie we've been looking for all right it's Abel Dunn. but what happened he
5: obviously came here to meet bellamy surely if he'd intended to commit suicide suicide he didn't commit
6: suicide sir graham just a minute this suicide idea isn't as crazy as it sounds supposing he guessed that you were here the police i mean he got the breeze up and decided no no i guess that doesn't make sense he'd make a run for it what exactly happened bellamy well i guess you saw what happened i was about 20 yards away from the cottage I heard the revolver shot, and I dashed up to the window. You
2: saw Dunn sprawled across the
6: table? I saw him exactly as he is now. Did you see anyone else? Not a soul. As soon as I saw what had happened, I, I waved to you and, and dashed into the cottage. You didn't see anyone else in the cottage, I mean? No. I heard a door bang at the back, and I, I ran out there, but I certainly didn't see anybody. Of course, it's very dark. Well, it's dark, all right, but I should have thought if there had been anybody around, I would have
3: spotted them.
5: Yes, I'm inclined to agree. Who's this? Can you see, Inspector?
3: Uh, it's Mr. Kaufman.
5: Kaufman? I thought you told Kaufman to wait for us at Yalding. I did. Hello, Kaufman. Hello, Temper. I thought I told you to wait for us at Yalding.
0: I got rather worried, Sir Graham. I began to wonder what exactly was going on. Who is this? His name is Dunn. Abel
2: Dunn. Yes. So, Kaufman? Yes? Have you been here before, this evening? Why, why,
0: no, of course not. Why, do you ask? I wondered, that's all.
1: Hello, darling. You're not as late as I expected.
2: <laughs> no, Ian. Yeah. Mm, is that coffee I can smell? Yes. It smells delicious.
1: Come along, let's go into the lounge. Charlie, we'll have the coffee in the lounge. Okey-dokey
2: do we? she wouldn't say okie dokie
1: how did you know it was able done
2: he had a wallet with several letters in it hmm. well, it was done all right
1: hmm. paul yes darling do you really think this means the end of the belasco affair what do you mean well if sir graham's right and mrs forrester was dr belasco then the whole business is finished.
2: Do you think Mrs. Forrester was Dr. Velasco?
1: I don't know. Everything points towards it, and yet... Well? Paul. Yes, Steve? If I say something which sounds utterly and completely absurd, you won't think me mad. No. Well, I've got a sort of intuition.
2: What again?
1: Now, don't you (laughs) laugh. I was right about Edward Day and the Gregory affair.
2: (laughs) Well, who do you suspect this time? (laughs) Charlie?
1: You're the one that should suspect Charlie, darling. (laughs) Yeah, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I've got the strangest sort of feeling about Kaufman. Yes. Why? What makes you say that?
2: Kaufman's got a pretty good record, you know, Steve. To all intents and purposes, there doesn't appear to be the slightest justification for suspecting Kaufman.
1: To all intents and purposes? Mm.
2: I said that because...
1: Oh,
2: hello. Is this tonight's paper?
1: Yes. They've got the Forrester story on the front page.
2: So I see. It's not a very good photograph of her, is it?
1: I didn't think it was too bad. After all, newspaper photographs are never very good. (laughs)
2: Oh, I beg your pardon, Mum, but uh, we've got a visitor.
1: Charlie, at this hour...
2: Who on earth could... Good heavens, Mr
1: Nelson. What's the meaning of this, Mr Nelson? I'm sorry to crash in like this, Mrs Temple. It's quite unforgivable, I know, but... <clears throat> well, uh,
2: That's all right, Charlie. Here we go. Now... What is it? You've seen tonight's papers. Yes. About Mrs. Forrester, I mean. About her being dead.
1: Of course. Well, that's just the point. What do you mean?
7: She's not dead.
1: Not dead?
7: I saw her myself half an hour ago.
0: You have been listening to the sixth episode of Paul Temple and Steve, a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Garda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Candida Benson, Jimmy Chisholm, Richard Greenwood, Robin Lang, Michael McKenzie, Greg Powery, Gareth Thomas and Nick Underwood. The production for the BBC was by Patrick Rayner.